banana and you're like how is this possible it tastes like lime it's a plant it's not i guess it's the same thing as basil like there could be chocolate basil and like mint and all that stuff maybe like but well hello and welcome to women's magazine i'm global val thanks so much for tuning in today to mutiny radio.fm we're broadcasting from the mission district i do here every friday from two to three for women's magazine and i'm really happy to be here today uh alive here in san francisco uh, a very vibrant place but also of course a place that um well we have a lot of social issues that we need to address in order to make sure that everybody in our communities are safe and um, looked after. And I hope that you could come down to Mutiny Radio sometime and get to know the community that we have right here at 21st in Florida. Um, Before I introduce my first guest, I am going to play some music, Um, but we are going to be talking today about homelessness in San Francisco, but more specifically about homeless women in San Francisco and the experience uh, that they have and the re- some of the resources that may or may not be available to them. Um, my guest is Tony Eby from San Francisco Safe House, um, which is celebrating its 20th year of serving um, homeless women in San Francisco. So I'm really excited to speak with Tony today. Um, so before that, I'm going to play a little music for you from our friends and sisters, uh, Emma's Revolution, uh, off of their album called Roots, Rock, and Revolution. And I really like this song. Um, it's, the, it's their opening track on this album, and it's called Living Planet. And I really appreciate it because, hey, folks, we're all in this together. If all the world were peaceful now and forevermore Peaceful at the surface and peaceful at the core. All the joy within my heart would be so free to soar. And we're living on a living planet, circling a living star. I don't know where we're going, but I know we're going far. We can change the universe by being who we are. And we're living on a living planet, circling a living star. And if all the world knew justice now, and forevermore. Justice at the surface and justice at the core. All the joy within my heart would be so free to soar. And we're living on a living planet, circling a living star. I don't know where we're going, but I know we're going far. We can change the universe by being who we are. And we're living on a living planet, circling a living star. And if all the world knew freedom now and forevermore, freedom at the surface and freedom at the core, all the joy within my heart would be so free to soar. And we're living on a living planet, circling a living star. I don't know where we're going, but I know we're going far. We can change the universe by being who we are. And we're living on a living planet. Thank you. 
Thank you for tuning in to Women's Magazine. And thank you for that beautiful music, Emma's Revolution. Uh, we appreciate you and your message, the messages that you carry. And all of you out there, thank you for tuning in to Day 2 Women's Magazine here on MutinyRadio.fm. I'm Global Val, and I'm here today. I want to introduce my guest today, uh, Tony Eby. She is the Outreach and Training Manager of San Francisco Safe House. Welcome to Women's Magazine. Thank you, Val. I really appreciate you guys having me out here today. And we'll just know that you're welcome anytime um, because uh, a little little background for you, for you out there listening. Um, I was walking around in the financial district a, a few weeks ago and I ended up buying a street sheet and it was a back issue from May of 2018 and there was an article in there called Homeless Women Say Me Too. Um, talking about the prevalence of sexual assault, um, the high risk that women, especially women on the streets um, run in terms of being victimized um, or experiencing sexual assault. Um, and that article is written by Tony Eby. So I reached out and um, I'm glad you're here so we can talk about this really um, important issue that I don't think um, you know are on, is in the forefront of a lot of people's minds. Um, so that article you wrote... Uh, yeah, you know, um, a lot of people don't realize the prevalence of violence within the hom- homeless community. Um, I have read articles that stated they estimated between 14 to 20% of homeless individuals have experienced violence compared to 2% of the housed population. So that's a big increase. And then homeless women in particular are at extremely high risk of sexual violence. Um, There was a study in New York um, where they found from interviewing homeless women in shelters and women on the street that homeless women were 106 times more likely to have experienced um, rape or or, um, some sort of sexual assault um, than housed women. Yeah, that that is uh, that's really an appalling, uh, you know, situation, um, because I know that, you know, when when you're raised as as a woman as a girl in society you know it's like never go alone if you're out at yeah. night walk fast keep your wits about you keep your keys in your hand you know get home get someplace safe get someplace where it's well lit you know if if you know just to be safe but then when you think about people who don't have a place a safe place to go um, to know that actually that that is happening at such a high rate is really it's really a, a, an egregious um, kind of reflection on uh, the world um, but so um, you s- tell us about San Francisco safe house um, because it's it's not it's not just a women's shelter it's actually a program um, designed to help women uh, kind of transition and and find their way. Mm-hmm. So, how, what is what is the role that San Francisco Safe House has played in the community here? So, San Francisco Safe House is a homeless provider. We specifically serve um, homeless, sexually exploited women. We are a eighteen to two year, eighteen month to two year transitional housing facility. Um, we have intensive case management. We have we provide therapy. Um, we do life skills training. A lot of these women have been on the street since they were very young, so some of them as young as 10, 11 years old. Um, We work with them around getting identification, um, figuring out what their plan is, if they want to go back to school, if they want some job training, if they just want to go straight to work. So it's very individualized and it's very survivor-centered, so we don't force them to do to, to. um, utilize any of our services, but we do encourage it, and we we just try to provide the emotional support. So how, how do how do these women find their way to San Francisco Safe House? So we, there's um, quite a few ways. So we take women um, that are referred to us by other service providers, um, such as St. James Infirmary, um, Asian Women's Shelter. Um, pretty much anybody in the city that refers to us, the um, Trauma Recovery Center. Um, we also take um, women coming sh- directly out of jail. So a lot of women, one of the biggest problems that I have seen is that women um, are criminalized at really high rates, particularly women that are involved in some sort of survival sex work. So we take those women coming directly out of jail. Um, we get a lot of self-referrals. So women that are already in the house going out to groups and, and in the community might tell their friends or other group members, hey, I like this program. It's really great. Why don't you call them? So we get a lot of referrals that way. 
And so how many women um, does the does SF Safe House um, serve at any given time? And I know you're in, the organization's in its 20th year, so um, how many women have gone through that program over time as well? So we currently, we, can, we have 10 beds, so we can hold 10 women at a time in our transitional housing um, program. And I would say over 400 women have gone through our program since we've been open. Um, we have a really long wait list, unfortunately, so we no longer have on-demand services, um, which is one of the reasons we're also trying to expand our services and open a new program um, this year called the Hope Center and the Tenderloin and really provide those cases management services and the groups um, and helping people get into housing um, prior to us having space for them in the transitional housing program. So is is part of that limitation just the fact that that's the space that you have right now? Yes, yes, it, that's exactly right. We The house will only um, hold 10 women, so we have five bedrooms. It's two women to a room. Each woman has their own bathroom. Um, we would love to have more houses, so that is something that we are trying to fundraise for and, and raise the money um, to, to expand our services even more. It's just something that we don't have at this time. And so the um, the Hope Center that you're hoping to open in the Tenderloin, would that be a, another... Um, would the, you said it would provide more, you know, obviously a place for more services, but would it also be a place where people could uh, live and go through the program or would it be more of a drop-in kind of place? So it would be a day program. Okay. We don't have, it doesn't have the space to add um, beds in there at this moment. Um, the, our idea um, is in 2015, a program called SAGE closed, and SAGE stood for Standing Against Global Exploitation, and it really provided a lot of groups and support for um, women engaged in survival sex work as well as women who have been trafficked, um, and any any women who had experienced any, sor any form of sexual exploitation, really, and when that closed, it left a big hole in, the, in that community, and we're trying to fill part of that hole, but also trying to get women into housing as it whatever whatever way we can so it's really difficult in this city yeah absolutely i was going to ask next um how does the city of san francisco um support san francisco safe house so we do get um some funding from the department on the status of women so that's the um, majority of our funding um we also um get some funding or we were getting some funding from the homeless um, Department of Homelessness and Supportive Housing, but I think it has moved over to the Department on the Status of Women now. But that's one way the city supports us. Um, the building that we have right now originally came from the city. Um, it was given to us, provided that we provide low-income housing for 40 years, but that was 20 years ago. So I would love to see the city do more of that. Um, yeah, and providing more houses and more opportunities to use space of city-owned properties um, for community, for the community. Yeah, well, halfway there, I suppose, yes. right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, during this whole, uh, I mean, right now, homelessness is such a, a, a prevalent issue um, and problem in San Francisco. It's a, it's a, uh, it's a public health problem. It's yes. a mental health problem. It's a, it's a social problem. Um, it's, it, it creates so many uh, barriers for, for, ev for everyone in San Francisco uh -huh. in, in, in many, many ways. Um, uh, we've seen a, a huge increase of people who have become homeless in San Francisco, you know, staggering statistics um, from the Coalition on the Homeless as of just, I think it was at the end of 2016 when they did their last really big survey. Mm -hmm. um, that's 71% of homeless people in San Francisco were previously housed. Um, so I know that it's a really um, important issue for at least everyone who was running for mayor. Mm -hmm. um, and now, you know, um, Mayor Breed is in the office making that sort of one of, you know, one of her platform priorities. Um, yeah, uh, I guess what what more support could the city provide specifically for San Francisco Safe House at this point that would make a big difference? I think, I mean, another house would make a huge difference. But I, I also, um, you know, there's an initiative coming up called Our City, Our Home, and it's particularly to fund um, homeless services in the city. Um, and I think 
us as residents could vote for this and try and get this passed, and that would provide some some monetary support. Um, I'd also like to see the city kind of roll back some of the anti-homeless laws that they have, so the no sleeping on the sidewalk. I understand that it's a public health, health issue, um, but let's let's try a housing first approach. Let's house the homeless people and then provide them services. Because I have personally found that if you, if you're trying to talk to somebody on the street that doesn't have food and they don't have um, shelter and they have nowhere to go, then it's really hard to talk to them about mental health, about substance abuse, about um, trauma that they faced. You can't really address those issues until you house them. Yeah, I, I can see that completely. I mean, even just from, I think, you know, to, trying to relate homelessness to somebody who's never been homeless, I think it's kind of difficult because I think there's a lot of preconceptions about homelessness, stereotypes, and just a lot of unknowns. But I, but I would I would posit it to people to think about you know if you're living paycheck to paycheck, think about you know okay so you're about to have to pay all your bills and all of a sudden you lose your job and you don't get that final paycheck yes. and and the amount of stress that you feel at least even in that moment even if you have a backup plan even if you have some, somewhere to go like the, those those moments of stress of feeling like what am I going to do mm-hmm. to me seems like it must be a, just kind of a constant um, if, if you're living on the streets oh yeah it's it's definitely that um, with the skyrocketing cost of housing more and more people that are living paycheck to paycheck are becoming homeless uh, more homeless families are finding themselves on the streets of San Francisco um, and it's becoming really a Bay Area problem because the surrounding cities are also um, very expensive to live in so it costs a lot to live here um, and I think as a city we need to start looking at our most vulnerable populations and figuring out how we can solve this problem all right. So um, in a moment, we can talk about how you came to um, be a part of San Francisco Safe House. But as we talk about what you can do, if people are out there and you're listening, um, this is the 20th year. Um, yes. So you're having a big 20th anniversary gala. Yes. Let's tell folks about that uh, event on October 18th. Sure. I'm super excited. Um, so we are in our 20th year and for a nonprofit to make in 20 years in San Francisco, it's really tough. So we're excited. We have served a lot of women over those years. So we are going to be holding our 20th anniversary gala at St. Mary's Cathedral at 1111 Gulf Street on October 18th from uh, 6 to 8 p.m. And people can buy tickets on our website. They can also sponsor um, if they're interested in sponsoring the event. And all of the proceeds will go toward our current um, transitional housing program, as well as um, opening the Hope Center and the Tenderloin. That's very exciting. So, um, also, if people go to the gala, what what can they what what will be happening? Oh yes, I forgot. We have a pretty exciting program. So, not only will our founder be speaking. So, we were founded by um, Reverend Glenda Hope and Sister Rosina Conrado, and these are two women of faith. But we are not a faith based program. They wanted to be really inclusive. Um, And so they will be speaking about the climate at the time that they opened the program in 1998. Um, I will be speaking. um, We will have another survivor that will be speaking. And then we will be honoring our community partner, the Asian Women's Shelter, for their MLAN uh, program, for their language support and their human trafficking program, as well as Supervisor Jane Kim for her um, Free City program, helping... um, making City College free in the city of San Francisco, which has been a huge help for homeless women and particularly getting their education and getting back on their feet and moving forward. So, And that's a, that's a really excellent point. You know, it's the, the integration of the social support that, that needs to be in place in order for people to be able to thrive. Yes. Um, yeah. Free city college. It's, it's such a great thing. I mean, it should be free. It's a public Exactly. College, right? Um, but that's that's a different topic. But thank you, <laughs> thank you to everyone who helped make that happen. Yes. Um, Free City College. Um, so just remember, if you're out there and you are a resident of San Francisco, you have a San Francisco address that you can uh, mm-hmm. refer to. Uh, you too can go to classes for free at City College of San Francisco, which has campuses all over the city. Um, so the gala seems like it's going to be a really um, powerful event and yes. a, a good time to um, kind of recap and see you know where you've come from and and where where we're all where you're going yes so 
you have been with San Francisco Safe House for, you said, about eight years. Yes. And now you're the outreach and training manager, but you did yes. not start as the outreach and training manager. What brought you there? No, um, I came, I heard about Safe House in 2007. I um, was homeless on the streets of San Francisco. Um, I had been sex trafficked and I had moved in between sex trafficking and survival sex work for about 10 years. Um, I like to tell people that I was one of those women that when you walked down the street, you didn't want to look in the eye because she couldn't stand up straight and she couldn't look you in the eye. Um, so I was pretty desperate and I came to San Francisco safe house and I had nothing but the clothes on my back and they provided me with so much. They, I, you know, not only clothing and food and help getting, you know, um, my health back together, but they provided therapy and really somebody to cheerlead for me being like, you can do this. So during my time there, I did go to city college. I just, um, recently, um, graduated from San Francisco state university, magna cum laude from with a degree in women and gender studies. And I'm currently, um, in a master's program there. So, I mean, I really like to tell people that this program works. And after I graduated, I came back uh, about two years later, um, worked full time um, and went to school. And I started off as a peer counsel counselor, um, working with women who were just coming into the program. I um, was promoted eventually to the operations manager. And then this year I was made the outreach and training manager. So I, in addition to coming and talking to you, I also get to do human trafficking trainings mm -hmm. for the community. Um, I also go out and train other agencies. If they're interested, just give me a call. So yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. That's, that's fantastic. Thank you. Um, see what a little, uh, like what, what support can do, you know, and like that goes for everybody, you know, if, if, feel, if you feel unsupported, it's hard to, you know, kind of get forward. But, um, I, I'm so, I'm so happy for you. And, yeah. and, and the fact that we have so many great people in San Francisco who are trying to help other, you know, other folks succeed. Mm -hmm. Um, but you've definitely taken it very Thank far. You. So yes, congratulations on that front. Thank you. You know, and I encourage people when you see um, homeless individuals and and you see people that are living on the street, you know, I try not to think of them as homeless. They're they're people. And just imagine what they could do. Just imagine who could they could be if just given the opportunity to 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 move forward. You know, so there's a lot of potential that we are throwing away in the city um, by not providing homeless services. Word. Um. So, uh, you said that part of what you do is to help train, um, groups and organizations about the signs of human trafficking. Mm -hmm. Um, a couple of years ago when the Super Bowl was here, yes. um, and, uh, of course there was a, a huge, um, outrage b because of what was coming out of city hall. Um, the mayor kind of putting in this policy of saying like, let's move all the homeless people out, yes. out of downtown. Let's make the city look clean and like shove all these people off to the side. Um, it was a really, um, kind of horrendous time here in San Francisco, um, for people who were living in the streets or on the streets or homeless or near homelessness. And of course all the, you know, the community and the allies around who were seeing this, um, mm -hmm. you know, kind of inhumane displacement. And, you know, that's when they started opening up more navigation centers, which was kind of like, well, we're trying, you know, here, yeah. here's this, um, you know, so, I mean, obviously it's a huge, uh, you know, issue, uh, to tackle. Um, but it was also during that time because of the Super Bowl um, that I, I interviewed, um, oh, uh, forget her name, uh, Ms. Bova, Bovine, who is the head of the Bay Area Anti-Trafficking Coalition, mm -hmm. uh, Betty Ann. Okay. And um, so we had a good conversation about um, the signs of human trafficking and how prevalent it really is. Yes. And we, and you know, you may not even think about it. it. May people might only think that it's like a sex trafficking thing, and that there's people from other countries. But um, what are some of the things that you um, talk about when you do this, those kinds of trainings? So we cover both sex trafficking and labor trafficking. Um, we really, it's a really comprehensive training. It's 40 hours long. Um, it's going on right now for the fall. We do it twice a year. 
Um, we invite different outside agencies to come talk about different areas where they hold a lot of expertise. So, um, for example, we might invite Missy or Huckleberry to come talk about CSEC, which is um, commercially sexually exploited children. Mm-hmm. Um, we cover um, working with survivors, particularly working with marginalized communities. So, um, I am a survivor of trafficking, but I am not the most um, the most common example. So just recently, San Francisco um, released its um, human trafficking report, and 77%, well, 80% were women, and 77% of the identified survivors were women of color. So just how to work with um, trans survivors, how to work with LGBT survivors, or LGB survivors, how to work with... um, women of color survivors, how to work with immigrant survivors. So we cover all of that in our training. And so as kind of an everyday citizen, um, what would you say to have uh, to people and to, to help them be a little bit more aware of that and perhaps even any telltale signs that you would um, let people know it's a good thing to look out for and what they could possibly do about it? It's, you know, this is a really hard question that comes up a lot. And I think um, we see a lot of it, um, um, partic- with sex trafficking, you see a lot of women on the street and often it's really dangerous to approach them because there's somebody watching them. Mm-hmm. Um, for labor trafficking, it's so hidden. So s- somebody might be in labor trafficked um, as a domestic worker. We're never going to see that person. Um, so I would just say be aware of um, um, wage practices. Be aware of where you're buying your produce. Be aware of, um, like, are these ethical companies? Are they are they really promoting labor trafficking? Um, there is, uh, Polaris has a 1-800 number to call if you see sex trafficking survivors, particularly young women. Um, I really rarely will say call the police unless it's very, like it's very obvious. And the reason for that is because um, raid and rescue is the number one anti-trafficking method in the United States. But everybody's relationship with the police is not the same. Mm -hmm. And sometimes what we have found at Safe House in particular is that when there is a raid and rescue, they arrest the women too. Right. And a lot of times they experienced... um, um, violence from the police as well as violence from the traffickers. So it's stacking institutional violence on top of interpersonal violence. And so we do a lot of street outreach. We go around and try to talk to women. We give out outreach cards. Um, we encourage people to tell their friends. Um, if they do think that there's somebody has been trafficked um, that they know, then they can always you know, give them our number. We would be happy to talk to them um, and refer them to, if they're not eligible for our program, to what other, whatever programs. There are a lot of really great um, programs in the Bay Area. All right, so, the, and um, people can also get, I don't know if you have that number that you wanna share now, but people can also just go on your website, sfsafehouse.org. Yes. And, and look at and, and get all, all sorts of information yes. there. There are um, numbers on there and, and ways to get a hold of us is also on our website. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're speaking with Tony Eby, uh, the Outreach and Training Manager of San Francisco Safe House, celebrating their 20th anniversary here in San Francisco as a nonprofit. That is a big deal. Yes. Um, the big um, anniversary gala is happening on October 18th. Uh, from 6 to 8 p.m. at St. Mary's Cathedral, 111 Goth, uh, right at the top of Knob Hill, right across the street from the Fairmont, um, if you're up on the highest hill there in San Francisco. Um, And um, you can go on the website uh, to buy tickets, or if you want to be a sponsor uh, for the event, um, sfsafehouse.org. So let's take a little break for a minute. I'll play a little music, and we'll be back in a couple minutes to... um, to expand on this a little bit more. So I'm going to play a little music from a group called Copus. Let me, let me, let me get that ready for you here.
Everybody needs shelter, everyone must seek Liberal, conservative, independent, immigrant, or refugee While we're steady for justice, ready for peace Steady for justice, ready for peace It's all been said without being oblique The laws of the universe are nice and neat To lift those up from the bottom of the heap Takes more than 140 characters of a tweet Or policies that prey upon the poor and the weak This is not fake news, only real life speak Saying we're steady for justice, ready for peace. Ready for peace Every word you say is being critiqued Nominated, inaugurated, you've given a speech Women around the world take to the street Many people are saying resign or impeach Lady Justice sits high and firmly in her seat At the end of the day, still I beseech Get up, stand up, stand up on your feet Electoral victory, popular defeat Campaign promises are obsolete Better stand up for justice and world peace ready for peace how many children are there left to teach to lend to their god-given mystique those with eyes to see is who i'm trying to reach those with ears to hear let me repeat we all bleed red but we're all unique white black brown red yellow purple or peach we're all steady for justice ready for peace You are listening to Women's Magazine here at MutinyRadio.fm. I'm Global Val. That was some music from Copus. Um, we're speaking with my guest today, Tony Eby, the Outreach and Training Manager of San Francisco Safe House, sfsafehouse.org, um, serving uh, homeless women in San Francisco for the past 20 years, coming up on their 20th anniversary gala, October 18th. I encourage you to get out there, get some tickets, or perhaps even just be a sponsor uh, for the event. Um, so we have we have a, a few more minutes here uh, on Women's Magazine, and so um, so Tony, we're talking about how some of your some of your position now as outreach is going out into the community and, yes. and different groups. But um, what other what other things do you do in your in your day to day that you see coming through uh, Safe House? So I um, work in the transitional housing facility, and so I see the women on a day to day basis. Um, I try to provide encouragement and support to them. I also do a lot of the development stuff, so reaching out to donors and talking to donors. Um, I most enjoy working with the women. That's really where my passion is. Um, so I do spend a lot of time um, checking in with them, asking them how their day is going. Um, I think 
Um, we have a really amazing group of women there right now. And just for them, you know, they um, come to Safe House and our biggest goal is to try and make them feel safe, you know, and to provide a sense of security and a place where they can really heal. And so, you know, they, they go about their day, they meet with their case managers and, and go out to appointments. Um, we have uh, two women that just went back to work, one woman that just got her um, her fitness instructor certificate and now is looking for work. Um, we had a woman that just graduated that um, what uh, she started before this, she started a cosmetology class before she came to Safe House and then we helped her get through that and um, provided her support around getting her license and now she's graduated and she has her own chair. So really trying to like help people um, be get to wherever they want to get and that's one of the great things about my job is I get to see this every day I get to see people grow I get to see the amazing things they're doing I get to be a cheerleader when women come in and it's like guess what I passed my test I'm like yes that's amazing so that's a really fulfilling part of my job so as women come through this program um and then they and we can talk more about like kind of what that day-to-day looks like for them. But I, I, I'm curious about the end game. Like when they graduate from this 18 to 24 month program, did mm-hmm. you say, um, how are they transitioning out of the house uh, of the San Francisco safe house? Where are they going next? How are they finding housing, affordable housing in San Francisco? So I'm glad you asked that because a lot of places talk about intensive case management, but I really feel like safe house, really provides intensive case management. By what we, and what we mean by that is our case managers go with these women to doctor's appointments, to legal appointments. Um, we go with them to housing appointments. Um, they really go out there and provide the support that they need so that when they graduate this program, they have all of these skills, they know what questions to ask, and, and they're prepared. And another way that we kind of prepare them financially is we have a bunch of incentivized programs at Safe House. So when we originally opened, we had some HUD funding, and HUD requires that you charge 30% of your income, um, or it did at that time, to for the women to to live there. So we still do that, but if they have nothing, we charge them nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the program, once you complete, we refund all of those fees to you. So that's oh. like first month's rent, last month's rent, you know, um, maybe some furniture. Um, we also have a savings match program where we encourage them to save, and if they save, then we'll match it up to $500 when they graduate. So really trying to instill in them good financial practices, how you ask questions, what you should be looking for. Um, even, you know, we take for granted about questions that we should ask a lawyer or, or our doctor, but some women are just take whatever they say and just don't ask any questions. So really just educating them around day-to-day stuff. That's really, that's really important. I mean, mm-hmm. e- even, you know... Like talking to a doctor, right? Yes. Like especially doctors, it seems like doctors will say, okay, do this. And you'd say, oh, oh okay. Yes, you know, exactly. uh, there's a lot of that um, just being very passive and receptive yes. to what someone who, you know, supposedly is, you know, is an authority in, in, yeah. or an expert in a situation. But um, also, it's really important to be able to advocate for yourself or talk to other people who can help you advocate yes. for yourself. We also have a lot of um, women who were trafficked into the country, mm. so our case managers would go with them to um, uh, help them apply for asylum. Um, we'd help them get a work authorization, a green card, so that they can um, begin work and, and be able to support themselves in the city. Amazing. Amazing. So are, are all of these women graduating finding housing? Or are they moving out of San Francisco? Or are they staying local? I mean, it's a we... So for the most part, women prefer to stay in San Francisco. And it's because that's where their support network is. Their doctor's here. Their psychiatrist is here. Their therapist is here. They've gotten a job here. Mm-hmm. They're going to school here. So they want to stay here. It is really challenging. Um, we have worked with... Um, um, the mayor's 
office on housing, um, trying to find low-income housing for some of the women. We've been successful sometimes in that, finding women roommates. Mm-hmm. Um, occasionally, a woman will graduate and briefly go to another transitional housing program because she's still trying to save up enough money for housing. Mm-hmm. That happens sometimes. We have never discharged someone straight back into the street, though. That's We really want women to succeed. So... Um, We have had them go into short-term housing and then into permanent housing, but our goal is is for them not to be homeless. And that's why we say 18 to 24 months. Really, we're supposed to stay at around 18 months. Um, However, if they get to the end of the 18 months and they haven't quite secured housing yet, but they've been really working hard at it and they've been meeting with their case manager and they've, then we will try and really, you know, we can extend it up to two years, so. Well, it sounds like a really supportive environment. We try to be. That's that's our goal is just to let people know what we have to offer and give them options. And if that's something that they're interested in, helping them work toward it. That's great. Um, what are some of the things that the women in the program have to agree to? So we're, we are pretty... I think lenient as far as programs go. So the number one, um, you can't bring drugs or alcohol on site. So we are a drug-free zone. That's different than a sober living environment. Like we understand that some women are working toward recovery, but some women are not. Mm -hmm. So we're not going to enforce that on women who are who are not do not have any sort of drug or alcohol program. We do, of course, work with the women who are interested in. substance abuse services, um, there absolutely cannot be any violence. So any violence or threats of violence. And then they have to do basic stuff like um, agree to do um, a chore twice a week and then cook one night a week. So is, is it that the, all the women kind of get together and, and ha- have meals together as well? Yes. they We um, provide the food and they make a dinner every night and and um, it's supposed to be ready by a certain time and then they can sit down and eat together. Not always together, but they try. They do the best they can. Some women are working. They might get home a little later. Um, some women are maybe going to class. So it just depends. Wow. I'm... I, I'm I'm warmed by that by that model. Um, yes, because it is. I mean, bringing people in who have been uh, on the streets, um, isolated or um, you know abused in in various ways, uh, perhaps never you know had the guidance from a family mm-hmm. member or friends, um, and kind of find their way into a space that allows them to not only contribute but benefit from a community. Yes. Wow. San Francisco safe house. Um, well, I'm really, really pleased that, uh, that you came in to women's magazine today. Um, I want you to know that you're always welcome here. Um, if you have any other women who go through that program and they'd like to come in, um, please let me know. Okay. Um, I think it's important that we highlight the success that can come from supportive services like safe house, um, as, as San Francisco, you know, looks at um, different ways to uh, approach um, our housing crisis, our homelessness crisis, and just being able to support our community members, which are the people who are not just inside and next door, but also on the streets or in tents um, because they have uh, little options. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you letting me come out here and tell you about our program and really just have a discussion around... um, how dangerous it can be for women on the streets. All right. All right, everybody. Look out for one another out there, okay? Um, give, you know, lend a hand, lend a, lend a smile, um, help somebody out, keep tabs, you know? You know, you see some of the same folks around. I know I do. Um, you know, I try, to, I try to make friends with people here and there and let them know that uh, even though I might not be able to hand them any money, um, if they're asking for that, um, that I will, you know, come and say hi and check in and say hello. Um, you know, these, these are our brothers and sisters out on the street, human fellow human beings. Um, so, um, you know, it might be uncomfortable for you, but imagine how uncomfortable it is for them. So, uh, you know, don't, don't be cold. <laughs> um, but Tony EB, thank you so much. And, um, congratulations to SF safe house. Um, I hope everyone out there can, um, show your support 
um, check out sfsafehouse.org. Uh, perhaps you can attend or sponsor the event, um, the 20th anniversary gala on October 18th from 6 to 8 p.m. at St. Mary's Cathedral, 111 Goff Street. Um, yeah. And uh, remember, just when your aspirations seem outrageous, like, you know, actually trying to support people who are having a rough time and see them through and take them to appointments and help them fill out applications and give them a little, you know, lesson in life skills that you, you may be able to do. Hey, you know what? Inspiration is contagious. I'm inspired by you, Tony, and by everyone doing the great work here in San Francisco. Um, and uh, thank you for tuning in to Women's Magazine. Stay tuned. Uh, the Common Thread Collective is coming up next in about 10 minutes. We have our uh, community open mic where all folks are always welcome to come in and either just hang out here at Mutiny Radio 2781 21st Street right at the corner and um, we have microphones so if you have some poetry some music some activism that you'd like to share um, we are here and our, our mics hearts minds doors are open to you Peace to you all. I'm Global Val. I'm going to play a little more music for you from I think we're going to stick with the Emma's Revolution here. Um, let's see here. This is a song called Where Are You Now?
Thank you for listening to Women's Magazine here on mutinyradio.fm. I also always want to encourage you to listen to my colleagues on KPFA 94.1 FM. They are there in Berkeley every Monday afternoon from 1 to 2 p.m. They are the genesis of Women's Magazine. I am but an outpost here at Mutiny Radio in the Mission District, um, and I promise this year... I will edit more shows and I will send them to KPFA. Um, Life gets busy and um, that's just how it is. Um, Anyhow, so I I do thank you for tuning in and thank you so much to my guest, Tony Eby, and to San Francisco Safe House for all the great work um, that that organization has been doing throughout San Francisco on behalf of women who really just need a hand up um, for the past 20 years. So I hope you go out and support that gala on the 18th of October and, um, you know, do what you can. It's all, it's all the small, small things add up. Um, you never know when you're going to inspire somebody else. So, uh, thank you again for tuning in. And speaking of inspiration, we are going to get cooking here in a couple minutes with the common thread collective. We have a really exciting show. Ryan Casada is coming up all the way from LA. He's going on tour. He's going to be here in the studio at four o'clock for the performance and an interview. He's going to be, uh, part of the first Silicon Valley trans, uh, rally that's happening this weekend, uh, down in San Jose, Santa Clara. So we're going to learn more about that. And, um, yeah, peace and love to you all. Stay tuned. We got a lot more to talk about and going to try to make that happen. Ready for justice, ready for peace. How many children are there left to teach, to lend to their God-given mystique? Those with eyes to see is who I'm trying to reach. Those with ears to hear, let me repeat. We all bleed red, but we're all unique. White, black, brown, red, yellow, purple, or peach. We're all steady for justice, ready for peace. 